0: What God wants is that crown of rejoicing. When you minister to somebody and you share that crown is laid up for those people. And this I love the crowns that everybody can get. How many love those crowns? Come on. It says it's laid up for those people who lead people to Jesus, who talk to people about serving the Lord, who minister to people. This is a crown that's laid up. It's otherwise known as the soul winners crown. How many say, I can get that one right there. Come on. I can get that one. I got it. Come on. That's right. I got it. You know, they say the average senior pastor has never led someone to the Lord face to face, one on one. Look at your neighbor and say, that ain't right. That ain't right. But the average senior pastor doesn't lead anyone to the Lord. It's been years since they've led someone to the Lord face to face. The average Christian has never done it. But yet we come to church and we listen and we hear the word of God and we get fat. We got pages full of notebooks, notebooks full of pages of messages and sermons. And we're writing things down and we critique the pastor. We, You know, he messed up there. He's just said a wrong word. He said, "Jop and Hoy." <laughs> and we think, "Man, I could do this if he just did that, but yet we're not doing our part. Come on, how many know we've all been called to win the loss yes. at any cost? come on and this crown is laid up for us and whenever you remember what jesus did for you it drives you if you start thinking about that looking back on how god saved you how you were at a place where you didn't know jesus you were at a place where you were running from god you were at a place where satan was doing his best to obstruct your life how many know that satan was doing his best in your life do I have any really good sinners? Come on. You were good at what you were doing. You you had a degree. Come on. You had a doctoral degree in sinning. You knew what to do. I remember, I remember sitting in the hospital, and I think Bryce was having a procedure, and Melanie was telling me her testimony. I was sitting there, I was thinking, you? Sweet Melanie. I mean that pretty smile on your face. There's no way you did all that. (laughs) Just like yep did it. Got the (laughs) t-shirt. And I'm telling you. God came down. And he rescued us. He bought us back. The word redeem means to buy back. He paid a ransom for us. In his own blood. God did that because he loved you. Come on somebody. And if anything should keep you moving, keep you excited, keep you going forth, it's the fact that Jesus thought you were so valuable that he gave up his life for you. God thought you were so valuable, he gave his most prized possession to buy you back. So how dare us sit by like a bump on a log and never explain to everybody we see what God has done in our life. Come on, the crown of rejoicing is laid up for those that will share the good news. You've got good news. It's time to tell everybody. Man, the other day it was free cone day. Come on, Dairy Queen was giving out free ice cream cones. And do you know, everywhere I went, I was like, we pulling over at gas, I'm yelling out my car window when I see somebody with kids, hey, go to Dairy Queen, they're giving out free ice cream. We went to the rec center for for dance and I was like, don't forget, go to Dairy Queen, free ice cream. Come on, I had some good news, I was telling everybody. (laughs) And when you find out something, you want to share it. You want to tell everybody? Uh, Ariane texts me all the time. She'll text me in April. <laughs> Winco's got hot dogs on sale, <laughs> sixty-nine cents. I'm like, come on, man. She's like, Winco's got milk on sale. You know, and here's a coupon right here. Let me email it to you. It's good news. Yeah. Come on, how we know? It's amazing that when we find out something is free, like an ice cream cone, we will go through our phone and make sure everybody knows. Oh, baby. But yet but yet, when we have the free gift of life eternal, salvation, we walk around like "Mum" is the word." There are people on your job that don't even know you're a Christian. people in your neighborhood that you've never talked to before. I can remember living, in a, when we lived in Castle Rock, and I was the children's pastor. April and I led, ministered to hundreds of kids each week. And I remember getting ready for Vacation Bible School, and I'm leaving and trying to get out of the house and get to VBS. And I'm in a hurry, and these kids, I had to slam on my brakes because the neighbor kids were in the driveway. And I'm like, get out of the way. You know, hurry up. I'm on my way to minister to boys and girls. I'm driving then I thought about it. I'm like, it's Thursday, and I've never invited my neighbor kids to. Maybe I should have picked them up and threw them in the car and brought them. And here they were. Man, they were, they were blessings from heaven. <laughs> all of a sudden, one day it was freezing cold in our house in the middle, and um like what did you say? I told this story. Okay, she's keeping me. I can't tell it now. What if somebody hasn't heard it? See, see look at that. Mama Lou hasn't heard this story. I'm going to come over here and tell it just to her. It was freezing cold in my house, and it got real cold. And I didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, the heat wasn't working. It wasn't working. We had to call out a repairman. And by the time the repairman got there, all this money, he had to hacksaw a pipe off. This was a brand new house. We just built it. I think it was a year old. And had to hacksaw a pipe off. And rocks came falling out of this pipe. How in the world did rocks get in there? But they weren't any ordinary rocks. They were the rocks off the side of our house. And they had names written on them. And they were the names of our neighbor kids. Said, all oh, the devil is a liar." I tell you what. And outside our house, for some reason in Colorado, the houses had a had an external spout on the side. You guys remember that they had this little spout there. And so the kids thought, "Ooh, this is cool." And for some reason, that side of the house was in their yard. So we, I went outside and looked, and there was a little golf bag, and they were scooping up rocks and just pouring them down in that thing. Man, I was so mad. <laughs> I went next door, and I went beating on the door, and I. I was ready to load it for bear. I was not Christian. I ripped my collar off, threw it down, and I was ready to tell them how the cow ate the cabbage. Nobody answered the door. Thank God. Nobody was there. And then finally, after I got saved again, and I went back and the lady said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll take care of it. I said, yes, you will. Here's the bill right there. $429. You will take care of it but here i 'm sitting there thinking these kids all i 'm thinking of them as is nuisance, but yet i 'm the mighty children 's minister that ministers all over the world. How many know the Lord smacked me upside the head. So is their soul worth four hundred and twenty nine dollars? Souls are the greatest commodity in the universe it 's time that we get back. the basics and get back to saying you know what, there's a crown of rejoicing that's laid up for me these people were so overjoyed Paul and his disciples and the disciples of Jesus were so overjoyed at what Jesus had done in their life, they went and told everybody, but you know what, here's the thing, it's not about being a soul winner out of compulsion it's not about being a soul winner just because you feel obligated It's not about doing it because the church has declared it's soul winning month. How many know it's amazing that ever it's soul winning Saturday, so today I gotta be a soul winner. How many know it should be soul winner Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? We do it out of obedience. If you're taking notes, here's the key today to get the crown of rejoicing is to be obedient to what God says. If you're obedient to what the Lord says and if you listen to him and if you love him so much that you're obedient, he'll begin speaking to you. He'll begin showing you how to live. He'll begin speaking to you what to do and what not to do. And then when you get right in the sweet spot and start being obedient to God, guess what will happen? Out of that, people will see you. They will watch how you live and they will start coming to you and saying, what must I do to be saved? people will be drawn to you. This is what Jesus wanted his people to do. This is what he wanted his disciples to do. In some of his last teaching in Mark 16, 14 through 16, we call this the Great Commission. It says, later as they were eating, Jesus appeared to the eleven and rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Here Jesus said, I'm coming back. I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back. And then people have been telling him, Jesus is risen. And they're like, yeah, right. Get out of here. And Jesus comes in, shows up and says, hey, you didn't believe it. And then he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. He gave a command here. He gave um, some marching orders. And he told them, because you've seen me do what I said, I died and got back up. How many know that's pretty convincing right there? Hello, I did what I said, so I'm powerful. I can do all things. Now I want you to go and make disciples. Tell everybody, wherever you go. These guys were commissioned. This was the great commission. When officers are in the military and they take a commission, they say, I will uphold the constitution. I will do this. This is my duty. I will do it. They are called commissioned officers. And I'm telling you today, I'm looking at some generals, some majors, some lieutenants, Some sergeants, come on, some major pains. I'm looking at some commissioned officers in the army of the Lord. And God is telling you, this is what I want you to do. So why not just be obedient? Why not listen to God? And we can see what happens. When we go out and we do what God has told us to do. When we obey the word of the Lord and we tell other people what Jesus has done in our life. It brings joy. It brings joy. Number one, it brings joy to the person who hears it. Do you remember when you were lost as a goose in high weeds? And then all of a sudden someone told you there's a way out. Someone told you that you can. there's a better life to live. Someone told you you don't have to continue the way you're living. But there's a better way. We used to do a corn maze. I lived in Ohio and grew up in the Midwest and they did corn mazes. Do they have those out here? Yeah, they, they, have, they had corn mazes and they were real high corn and they would cut little paths in there and you had to go around and I tell you what, before it was popular and before they were making money on it, we used to just run through the cornfield and get lost. Anybody ever done that, run through a field and get lost and don't know where you're going and then all of a sudden you start hearing somebody, come over here, this is the way out. I see the field. And you start getting happy. You start running. You don't care. You're getting smacked in the face with corn leaves and everything and vines and sticker bushes. But you hear there's a way out and you start running. And I'm telling you today, there is a way out of people's sin. There is a way out of people's distress. And his name is Jesus. And when we begin to tell people that we found the way out, we found the answer to every need you have, how many know it brings joy to the people who hear? And when you become a proclaimer of the good news, when you begin telling people what Jesus did for you and what he can do for them, it will bring joy to everybody who hears it. It brings joy to you when you see a change occur. It brings joy to you when you tell someone what God has done. When you begin speaking the word of the Lord, which we know is true. And you begin sharing it to somebody and you see change occur. Whenever I minister, I'm out there. Come on, whenever you're ministering anything, you just like you're stepping out there. If you're ministering to someone and you're trying to pray for them or lead them in salvation, how I many know until they pray a prayer and accept Jesus in their heart? how I mean, know you're out there. You know what I mean? You just kind of. I'm hoping they're getting what I'm saying. When you're praying for somebody for healing. Until they're healed, you're out there. And when, that's called on faith, but I call it just being out there. I mean, when I pray for people, I'm praying, God, you got to do something. you got to heal them because I'm saying Jesus is the healer. I'm praying for them. And until they feel the pain leave, I'm out there. When you minister to someone, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, you're giving them a word of prophecy until you see that click, that moment where the head begins to nod. And they're like, now if you're giving someone a word of knowledge, and you tell them, you know, the Lord is saying this to you, and they're looking at you and they're like, Nope. (laughs) <laughs> you wrong. How many, how many think that should happen in some churches? Come on. <laughs> I think people should just be real. If God's not talking to you and the minister's up there trying to prophesy over your life, just look at him and say, Nope. <laughs> nope, not today. Sorry. You're way off. <laughs> Come on. Wrong. Ah, strike. <laughs> I mean, what if that happened in churches? But everybody, you know, but until. You see the conviction on their heart. Until you see the joy coming into their life. Until you see the tears begin to stream. Then you know it's resonated in their life. When I was ministering to Bryce, I was out there. I didn't know who this guy was. You know, and he's a pretty intimidating fellow there, you know. And I mean, until I saw the smile, I was out there. Till I saw the tears, I didn't know that God was really ministering to him. And I'm telling you, when you see that, it brings joy to you that's delivering the word. Come on, it's the crown of rejoicing. Soul winning is a, a sport of rejoicing. It brings joy to the one who hears. It brings joy to the one who delivers it. And it brings joy to the host of heaven. It brings joy to the host of heaven. Whenever someone hears the word of the kingdom and responds to that, it brings joy to all of heaven. Luke chapter 15. There's three stories here. Three parables that that Jesus is talking about The parable of the lost sheep The lost coin And the lost son And these parables here are about Somebody that had something Precious to them And then lost it And they went looking for it They did all kind of things to find this precious thing And then once they found it What did they do? They rejoiced And it's the same way Have you ever lost something that was valuable to you? How many have ever lost your glasses before and been looking all over for them and all over, and they're they're either right there on your shirt, on around a chain, or on your head? Anybody been looking around for your glasses? They're on your head. Even worse, I've been looking around for my glasses and then I went and walked by the mirror and I thought, dear Lord, they're right there on my face. Come on. That's when you know you're tired. (laughs) Where's your phone and you're on it? (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen my phone? Oh, the worst time was one time I came out. This is probably TMI, but I came out of the shower and I sat down on the bed and I was sitting there and just putting lotion on my feet. And I'm like, started looking around for my glasses and I couldn't find them anywhere. Well, I mean, I'm looking everywhere. I can't look. And then I, I get up to go look. <laughs> There they are, flat as a pancake. (laughs) I'm like, oh man. That's back in the day of the little flimsy wire frame glasses. That's why I wear these titanium ones now. But you know, when you lose something, you're going to look all over, and you're going to try to find it. We lost our remote to our TV downstairs. Couldn't find it. I mean, still can't find it. I ordered another one on Amazon. And then the other day, somebody said, where's the new remote? I said, the devil is a liar. (laughs) I think that our couch eats remotes or something like that. But here's what it says in those parables. At the end of the lost sheep, it says this. Verse 6 And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And then the parable of the lost coin, verse 8 says, Or that a woman, what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I'm telling you, how many have heard that your whole life? That they're throwing a party in heaven. Hallelujah. When somebody comes down to the altar. That's where this comes from. From these verses right here. That there is joy and rejoicing in heaven when a sinner repents. What does that mean? When someone finds out that there's a way out of the cornfield. When somebody finds out, there's a way out of my distress. What I'm living in right now, I don't have to stay here anymore. There's a way out. I can get up and get out of this. And his name is Jesus. And how do I know this? The Bible says, how can they know unless there's a preacher? And how can they preach unless he's been sent? And so guess what I'm doing today? I'm commissioning you as officers in the army of the Lord. And I'm sending you forth. I believe that we can walk into the greatest season of harvest that this church, that the body of Christ has ever seen. Uh, I'm going to come over here because two or three people over here believed it. Out of all of you, I think I heard two amens. I said, I believe we are coming into the greatest season of harvest that this church or the body of Christ has ever seen. Why? Because God is getting ready to wrap this thing up. How many believe that? we're getting ready to stand before the Lord and get whatever crowns we got coming to us he's getting ready to wrap this thing up we say well I've been hearing that my whole life yeah but has your whole life has the world looked the way it looks no no many of you are not that old and you can recall a time I can recall a time where the world was not like it is today we were out there in in Graham and then we went out further even to a park and to a fort and Someone was saying, life is simpler out here. They said, these people out here barely have cell signal. I mean, they don't have any cell signal. They barely have internet or cable. They barely have electricity. Some of the houses we looked at, I thought, man, they said they go into town once a week, get groceries, get everything they need, and never leave their house the rest of the week. I thought, wow. Wow, could you imagine that? Some of you, that you would go absolutely out of your mind. I remember one time at the church... Uh, and when I was in Denver the power went out so we had no internet no phone and I mean ministers were walking around there's about 40 people on staff then, and everyone's just wandering around in the hallways they don't know what to do they're just I can't do anything we don't have any phone we don't have any internet my laptop won't work my iPad won't work the internet's down what do I do I'm like hey how about this. Hey, rocket science, <laughs> you're a pastor. Why don't you go get a Bible? Come on, thumb through the Bible for a minute. You know, Why don't you sit down and write a note to someone and send someone a letter? I mean, nobody knew what to do. Everyone's like, I might as well go home. Nothing to do. Isn't that amazing how we've shifted? Man, it's like we've got to get to a place where how the world used to be simpler, where people believed in the word of God they believed in being good and kind come on up David just come on up to the keyboard because if you start playing I'll stop talking <laughs> but I believe that the world is in a different place than even when I was a child so that tells me that the, you read the newspaper and it's looking like the book of Revelation and so we're living in the last days God's getting ready to wrap this thing up. So before that, I believe there's going to be a great revival. A great awakening. A great harvest. And guess what? It's not just for those of us that stand behind a pulpit. How many of you want to be a soul winner? Come on. How many of you want to wear that crown of rejoicing? I commission you today to go forth and share the good news. Be obedient just share the overflow of what God did for you and how do you do that I challenge you just recount the goodness of God in your life begin to think about where you once were and what Jesus did all of us here have stories that we could tell of the grace of God of how if it had not been for him we'd be dead in our grave right now there's many times many of us in this room that it wasn't for the Lord where will we be? we'd probably be in prison we'd probably be how many times that you didn't get caught come on come on Melanie I know you did some stuff there. That. that you didn't get caught how many times thank God that, that what you were into didn't take you out but it was the wonderful grace of Jesus why? because he wasn't finished with you he's got a work for you to do and what does that work? It's to obey Him, to love Him. And when you're in a season of love and obedience, your life will begin going in the direction that God has for you. And when you begin walking uprightly and doing what God's called you to do, people will be attracted to you and soul winning will be easy. And I believe that. I believe that over the next few weeks, come on, we got four weeks before Easter. How many know we're in a great time to begin talking to people about the Lord and inviting them to church? And I'm not just talking about inviting them to church. I'm talking about kicking it through the goalposts. Come on, how many believe that you can tell someone I once was lost. Jesus did something in my life. And you know what? All I did was surrendered my life to him. And you can do the same thing. I know you're going through something right now. And I know times are tough. So wouldn't you like to see a way out? Wouldn't you like a better way? Can I pray with you right now? To ask Jesus to help you. To come into you and take control of your life. And get in the driver's seat. Because you've been putting yourself in ditches for years. Let's let him get in the driver's seat. Come on, how many can do that? thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that we're coming into a season of rejoicing. We're coming into a season of joy. I declare that. I declare joy unspeakable and full of glory into every life, every home, every individual. God, I thank you that as we minister as we do what you've called us to do, as we're obedient, as we love you. God, we will fight the enemy's obstructions. We will open the door for people to find deliverance. And God, I thank you that people will be drawn to our side. They will be drawn to the light because we will display it. And God, we thank you for the joy that is going to be found when people hear there's a way out. The joy that's going to be felt when we see that the words that we're speaking are spirit and life. And the joy that's going to take place in heaven. God, get ready. You're going to have to buy some extra party favors. Because I believe that the people here at FFCCI are going to go forth and be soul winners everywhere they go. And we're going to receive The crown of rejoicing that's laid up for us. God, we're going to get to see those people when we get to heaven. And say, you are our joy. You are our hope. You are what we're boasting in the Lord in. Because you were a life that's been changed and transformed. God, I thank you for the people that spoke into my life. God, the ones that planted, the ones that watered. And God, the ones that you allowed to be there when you brought the increase. God, I thank you that we would live and move every day in total and complete obedience to you. And God, help us to receive... Everything you have for us, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Say, come on, I am a soul winner. And I'm ready to receive the crown of rejoicing. Amen, amen.